God, if you hadn't cursed, that would have been like the perfect <laughs> intro. <laughs> Sorry. That's okay. It's been a been a pain in the butt, man. No. Well, that's you know, that's that's business, bro. Can't uh can't can't always be, you know, rainbows and dancing with future brushes, you know? Yeah. CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the place of Franklin States in the west end of Richmond, where it is Wednesday, June the 21st. Unfortunately, the the uh, the, the sports season, so to speak, the academic, or I guess you could call it the sports year of the academic year, however you're supposed to phrase all that, is officially ended uh, with uh, Virginia's ouster from the College World Series uh, in I mean, in in a kind of a frustrating, um, and yet also, um, I don't want to say understandable because that's not the right context. But we're going to talk about uh, Virginia's exit from that tournament and the end of that, um, you know, that that uh, sports year, so to speak, and what the off season means um, as we sort of finally enter it. It's funny because like it feels like we've been in the off season for a while, but technically speaking, we just arrived. Speaking of a ride, let's uh, go around and introduce everybody. First in Fisherville, board moderator du jour himself, David Spence is on the show. How's it going, my friend? I am about forty-eight hours from a ten-day vacation, so uh, that's the uh, that's what's help, keeping me going right now. Who days on the board at Who days on Twitter? And in Charlottesville, editor in chief Justin Ferber is also on this year' program. How's it going, my dude? Pretty good. Um, yesterday I was on, I think it was Facebook or Instagram. I can't remember. And I was like looking at this picture. I thought it was a picture of a wall. And then in, at the end of it, I was shocked when Dave burst through it. Um, yeah. I was like, oh, this is a video. Yeah. Well, I was on mute. So I didn't understand that it was a video. I was just kind of like, oh, cool. Like, looks like they're doing some construction. And then Dave burst through the wall like the Kool-Aid man. Um, so if you're looking for some entertainment, find that on Instagram. At Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. Cavs Corner, also on Twitter, Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional we banter. Can we just back up a step? Mm-hmm. We have a we have a text thread. We have a text thread exactly for situations like this. And I'm perplexed and actually pretty downtrodden that I was not uh, sent the, whatever the heck it is you're talking about. Because <laughs> I will, I'll send it to you. <laughs> I need I need to see that post haste. Yeah, because uh, that was I was in a meet. I was in like a meeting. Or, I was in like a meeting or something and was like. Oh, so it's gone. What? Yeah, I've got the raw video. I'll send it to you. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just saw it and was like, okay. oh, that's that's interesting. And then I just kind of right, continued with my on. day. We're in the middle of the expansion of second string sports. <laughs> if you want to know, we're talking about people. So um, I just yeah, want to. Last just, night, the wall came down before the floors went in today. So, d- dear listener, I just want you to know the, the level of like perplexion. Is that a word? Perple- that's now the title of this episode for sure. Perplexion. Uh, that I currently am sitting here in because as Ferber starts to describe Dave being the, the Kool-Aid guy, I'm like, I'm sorry, 
what is happening? And then like I was like halfway of me was thinking like, is this a bit? Is this like are they just like is this a bit that they're doing to me? But y'all were like, you so serious. And then y'all like laughing. Like, I was like, oh, actually, it's it's real. And so then I was thinking to myself, like, how in the world has I not seen this? So then Ferber's like, oh, <laughs> it's been deleted. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yes. It was up for 24 hours. <laughs> you just missed it. Um, <sighs> clearly, clearly not following my, uh, checking my stories out there, Brian. No, I've got, I've got the, I've got start. the. I've got the knockoff one. What was that one called? The the fake one or whatever. Yeah, that the one? fake one. God, don't get me started. <laughs> Trying to have a good night. I thought Ferber was heading towards the picture on the window that he saw. I was uh, like, oh, yes. Girls. Oh, Which nope. I did comment on for the Ooh, record because I think that's baller that you have your own kids in the advert. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Wait till you see Dave break a wall down. Can we yeah. also can we also back up because because. Uh, Dave said he's on the verge of a 10-day vacation. Ferber's about to leave for an undisclosed location. I'm not going to give up your OPSEC. Um, did you guys, like, synchronize your swatches of when you were going to take off? I mean, because I just realized the other day that, like, it just was kind of perfect that you both were going to be gone yeah. next week. And so I have to, you know, find a special guest. Um, While I consider Ferber a friend, I do not consult him on my vacation. <laughs> yeah. Our, uh, my PTO request is still pending, Brad. So yeah. just waiting for you gotta, to approve that. Gotta see, gotta see, yeah, that's right. Got to make sure I send uh, send that back. No, I just think it's really funny that like you guys never take time off. Like you just you know like you're never like not available for things. Although wait a minute, Dave kind of is not available sometimes because he'll just randomly be like, "Yeah, I'm out for tonight," and I'll be yeah. like, "Oh, okay." And it's just really funny because, you know, it just kind of pops up. So I guess technically speaking, you don't take time off, but you do take shows off. Um, yeah. But usually for like real bona fide reasons, you're not like faking sick or whatever. Um, not often. It just, it's just really cool. <laughs> it's really funny to me that you guys are taking time off and not doing anything remotely the same. Like you're not, it's not like you're both going to different beaches, right? One of you is going on like a flight. No, again, I'm not going to ruin uh, Ferber's OPSEC. Um, going to the, the Titanic. <laughs> don't the, okay. Let's not. I I don't want to because like I, there's too, too many. Guy, have y'all? Okay, I'm sorry. This is way <laughs> too current event for the show, but I got to talk about this. Have you seen the schematic for this thing that is in that is in the Atlantic right now? I've watched way too much video about it. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, they're in like a. They're basically in a trash can. Yes. Okay. I wouldn't dear, ride that at a theme park. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay, dear listener, listen. It is it is Wednesday night, at June 21st. It is currently 927 on this here East Coast as we record. We do not know what happened to this thing. And if some bad stuff happened, we are sorry. Okay. I am not in any way, shape, or form making fun of the people whose lives are clearly very much in danger. Having said that, this submersible thing is like they're on the floor sitting like crisscross applesauce. They don't have shoes on. They're not in chairs. And there's like a little window at the front of it that you could see through, but it's also where their toilet is. And there's only like a curtain in between. And this is all within the span of like several feet. Right. So there's like no room. And and I'm just thinking like, I don't care. Like if the, th if I could do it, even for if like, things go well, I don't right? want to be in there. Exactly. <laughs> That's for that is literally almost word for word. Exactly what I wanted to say. Like, I don't care the scenario in which I am in this thing. I don't care what we're going to do. I don't care how much it costs. I don't think I don't think it's going to be a good experience no matter what. It's just I, the more I've read about this thing and and heard and understood about it, and not to mention that it's using a Logitech uh, game controller. That's amazing. I saw I, that. I mean, that is oh wow, it's just wild. Anyway, I digress. Again, <laughs> this story may have unfolded 
it, you know, in very unfortunate ways. And I just want to say, like, if that if that is what happens, I'm certainly in no way trying to speak ill of the of those who, you know, who whatever their face might be. I'm just saying that, like, that entire thing just blows my mind. Not even the fact that it's like super expensive and whatever, whatever. Uh, and not even, but like the thing is sealed from the outside, man. Like in no, all of you. our, in all of our time traveling the world and the cosmos, like one of the like pretty important pieces is like, if at some point you needed to get out, you, there was a way for you to do that. Um, I feel like we've learned that lesson in, you know, human aviation in um, naval, um, I don't know, strategy or something. I, I just, I don't know. All right. Do we have anything else random to get into before we no. actually talk That's about it? That's it, right? I'll just mention it. Uh, happy, the reason I'm taking 10 days off my parents' 50th wedding anniversary on Monday oh, of next week. Nice. So um, spending the week with them. So there you go. 50 years. I probably won't make it that far with my wife because I'll be really wow. old. Um, <laughs> I that's like that's, that's like that's like forty seven losses to Virginia Tech. <laughs> yeah, no, forty three and forty seven. Yeah. yeah. Wait, Dave, is this? Are you going to? Are you going to your lake house? That this? Uh... <laughs> it's not a house, man. Uh-huh. I, I have a place for my parents to stay for the week. Yes. Oh, okay. So, so this your parents have a fiftieth anniversary. Well, that's, down. A, that's a great thing for you to get them a house. But Ferber and yeah, I just I want to hang out for the place. weekend. You can't even hook <laughs> us up. Okay, just making yeah. sure. Just, you know, trying to make sure we understand where we all rank. It's fine. Maybe when my next contract kicks in. (laughs) (laughs) When your next contract kicks in. I love it. (sighs) All right. Anything else random? Um, What else have we not talked about? I mean, there's got to be some current events. Do you know what's funny is that like most people who are listening to this right now are, you know, obviously UVA fans, but I bet you they're, they're, they're enjoying this. This is, this is fun. Uh, We've never done like a whole like current events sort of show. We've always, you know, managed to to work some sports in. We should one one day this summer. We should absolutely just have. We do it. We just normally do it before we start recording. So this is very Um, true. This is or or especially after. In my experience, what happens is is that we record the show. um, Ferber and Dave sometimes aren't necessarily as like super talkative during the show. The second I hit the we stop recording and we're just hanging out. And all of a sudden, it's like, you know, it's like improv night. Yeah. And like, well, it's like what I wanted to say when you said this was true. And it's like a transcript, but you know, where they show it on a piece of paper and it's like all blank. It's all like blacked (laughs) out. (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, not just like things we'd like to talk about, but we can't talk about in public um nor but it's but especially like the things that like we can't say like we just literally like you just can't the hot takes that you know you'd want to have um about you know certain topics and certain people and certain things and situations Um, yeah i mean if you want to say that somebody shouldn't have a job you can just send that straight to brad and you know he'll handle it (laughs) he'll handle it i like that all right let's get let's let's uh let's give the people what they actually came for uh, 10 minutes and change into the show. Um, so Virginia's baseball season obviously ended um, in, in, in some, some rough fashion considering um, the outcomes, not just the losses, but the, you know, kind of the way those two games ended um, first of Florida, um, man, what a tough ninth inning. I mean, you can't really put it into words. I mean, it, like sitting through it, it's like, it, I knew inevitably, like, especially like once the first one came down from the moon, you're just like, okay, like this is not going to go well, right? So by the time Jay gets to the mound, it's like you, you know what's going to happen. And you're sort of prepared for it, but then it happens and it still hurts. It's just a – man, that was just a such an unfortunate 
um, sort of series of events. Um, but then also, you know, TCU game, it just felt like, man, they were, they were like, it just felt like at any time the thing might just start running and it would be okay. And then it just didn't. Um, I feel like they, you know, I told you guys, you know, as the game was kind of unfolding, you know, there was that moment, I forget which inning it was, but it was like they had two on and they weren't able to do anything and just felt like that was like their real chance to, to make it a, a thing. Dave, in the in the big scheme of things, getting back to Omaha is a is a heck of a an accomplishment. And just because it's kind of routine with Oak and Company, we shouldn't you know just assume it's routine. Um, simply because it is hard to do. Um, and so the fact that we we've done it so many times and kind of made it somewhat routine doesn't make it routine if that makes any sense. When you look back on this season, what's the part that's really going to stand out to you most? Is it the fact that they weren't able to to make it to the championship series, um, or just the fact they were able to get back to Omaha in general. What's what's your sort of takeaway? What's your what? How are you going to remember um, this season? I mean, it's a surprising season to me. I mean, having to figure out a starting rotation with basically no one that gave you a lot of minutes. You know, I mean, sorry, a lot of innings the year before. Um, then piecing that together and being really good out of the gate for the most part, and not losing out of conference game um, despite the schedule strength and doing very well in conference, except for that little blip there in what early March, late February, whenever that was. Um, and then it was just a fun team to watch, you know, get off and teal. And, you know, a lot of those guys just had great personalities. Um, so, yeah, I mean, obviously you're disappointed when you lose in Omaha, but you know, not to not, not that it's a cop out, but all but one team are going to lose there. And, this team just honestly probably wasn't set up to win the college world series, not built to it. You know, there's not a lot of runs scored in Omaha. That's a big ballpark. It's hard to lean on the, on the, on the big fly. And that's kind of how Virginia made most of their hay this year was, you know, was, was run was scoring. Um, when the pitching got good to go along with their hitting, they were really dominant, but you know, when they got to, when they got to Omaha, they ran into some really good pitchers that, those other teams are good too, and they've got loaded staffs. Um, you know, Wake and LSU are playing right now. They, there's just so much talent there. Um, and I get it. Like, you know, losing to Florida was stressful, you know, was disappointing, especially given the, the lead they had. But, you know, I think you've got to – it's it's always easy to be critical of what happened in that game. But I think the important piece when you're, when you're in the College World Series, and maybe this is – maybe I'm wrong, but – I think you're not trying to go one and zero. You're trying to go two and zero. So you don't want to burn your whole bullpen and you know burn pitchers and all that to win one game because you two and zero is the ultimate goal. Um, and so I just think it's a different way of thinking than just playing a you know a single weekend game or whatever it is. But um, overall, it, it, you can't be mad at the season. Um, you can be disappointed and you didn't go a little further. But some really good teams got to Omaha, and I think Virginia showed themselves well. They just didn't pull it off. Yeah, for I kind of agree with Dave about that because look, the bottom line is is that the 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 way that baseball decides its championship is so unique in the sense that in every other sort of instance you're you're very focused on just this game and getting to the next game, but in Omaha you have to be mindful of all. I mean, certainly there are moments where you like you you got to throw who you can to get to tomorrow. So I'm not trying to pretend that that element doesn't exist. But there's a larger piece of it and sort of the way things set up and all that fun stuff, it does kind of change the calculus a little bit. I, I, I think that for me, the fact that they were not just able to to do what they did, but to do it in the way that they did it 
um, you know, especially with so many young guys and, um, you know, to, to, to play the kind of baseball they played this year. Um, I, I think in a lot of ways, if you look at the field, um, you know, the group of teams that came to Omaha and you look at the games that have been played to this point, you know, obviously they're still playing. Um, but the games that have been played, I mean, it's just been, it's been extremely, you know, tight and, this I think Virginia had a team that 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 could do some damage, but at the end of the day, did not have like Dave said the 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 right pieces in the right places to be able to win those types of games. Like when the when they're hitting the ball well, they can account for you know maybe they're the issues in the bullpen or whatever. But ultimately, like you've got to be so you know this is one of those championships, especially this season, that you had to be so good, so um, consistent. Um, that just merely being good wasn't enough. When you look back on the season, Ferber, what, what's your takeaway from it? Which, what's the thing that really sits with you? Yeah, I mean, I think I agree with what you guys have said. Um, I, I agree with Dave's point. This is just a really fun team. I mean, I went to five games in the postseason, I think, three regional, two supers, and they scored like 51 runs in the five games. Um, you know, that it, they were really fun to watch. You know, they anybody could could make something happen at any point. Like innings were never over until they were over. Um, and, and yeah, they were definitely fun watching. They are in their place there in Omaha. So I think um, the further I've gotten away from it, I mean, you look at the scores of the games and how they played out. I mean, they were very close to winning both of them. Like it wasn't like they got trounced in one of them. Um, TCU. I mean, Anthony Stepan puts that ball out of the infield and the game's going to extra innings at a minimum, you know, and that could have happened. Uh, Griffo Farrell, I think, missed a home run in the eighth. Was it the eighth or the seventh? By like, I thought he got it. You know, when he hit it. So, um, you know, that one that would have tied the game, I think, or taken the lead. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I mean, they were they were close. I mean, Florida obviously hurts because they had it kind of. And um, I think you know, the further I've gotten away from it too, the more you just have to kind of give Florida the credit. I mean, they, you know, there were some pitches that were kind of left over the heart of the plate, but they still have to capitalize on those, you know, and, and they did some big time. Um, you know, I think if anything, um, I think UVA may have overplayed their hand earlier in that game from in a bullpen. Um, just like they made, I feel like they made too many changes and then ultimately it's like, now you're out of guys. Cause they went like from, I can't remember the order of operations, but you know, Parker comes out and then Yeah, and Blanco came in and he was at Blanco I mean, came in and he faced like what one guy or Yeah. And they and they and they meet and they had the quick hook. And then they took him out to go matchups, which fine, you know, they, I think they brought O'Connor in, right? And then yeah. he faced like one guy or maybe two. Yeah. And then they took him out. And now it's like now you're out of pitchers, right? So either Barry has to finish the game or you're gonna have to go to another pitcher. And against right. Florida's hitting, it's like you you certainly aren't out of the woods in the seventh up three. Um, yeah. So you have to kind of figure like we might have to go to another guy. We're going to need a righty at some point, especially Wyatt Langford's like one of the best players in the country. He's a righty bat. You yeah. know, you might, you might need a righty. Um, and they, I felt like they maybe like went a little too matchup-y in, earlier. And then like leaving Barry in was like the lesser of evils, I think just because yeah. at that point, it's like, you kind of want to see if he can get you out of it. And um you know, he did also give up a home run in the eighth. <laughs> um, so, I mean, like, he went into the ninth, gave up a home run, and then I think he got an out, and then gave up the tying one. Um, 
you know, in getting through Langford and Jack um, back to back is is tough. And, you know, they're righty lefty back to back, too, which is even tougher. So, I mean, good season. Obviously, nothing to hang their heads about. I agree with the premise that this team probably was going to have a hard time winning at all just because the they were going to run into some issues with pitching probably or get, have a couple games where the bats just aren't clicking at the same rate they were earlier. Uh, in the postseason, and I think that kind of happened in the two losses, really, even though they scored some runs. But, um, yeah, good season. I think it, it just kind of sucks because even with all that said, like they were really close to being one and zero, and then playing Oral Roberts for a chance to go two and zero. Yeah. Um, and if that happens, they're probably still playing. I mean, they're definitely still playing right now. Like they would at yeah. least be playing tomorrow for a chance at the finals. So. It's weird because, like, I mean, I, listen, I don't think we can have really um, a UVA podcast today or, you know, in 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 the um, in like the afterglow or after whatever of that game of those games and not talk at least, at least a little bit about the decision to leave Barry in. And it, it almost feels like either UVA needed to have one more middle reliever. And I mean, look, they've had this, you know, we've had this at times over the years, right? Guy who you knew was going to come in, give you those quality, you know, three, sometimes four innings, and then, you know, basically move the thing along. Against that lineup, that was going to be tough no matter who you were, right? But I almost wonder, in hindsight, you know, if they had been able to to kind of do kind of what Oak tried to do against TCU, where you know, you bring in Edgington, and what you're really hoping to do is is to get Edge to, to obviously to to bridge that gap um florida's lineup i mean you can't you can't you can't overstate this like florida's lineup was just absolutely brutal i mean the bottom of the lineup guys were the guys that really hurt them a lot yeah and 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 like that ball langford hit i mean legitimately i mean like it it was still up there it was this it was like the stuff of legend you know like and and like I understand he's really talented. I'm not trying to take anything away from him. But like there were a bunch of dudes on that on that line in in that lineup on that roster that I mean you legitimately had to um not just like understand what they they are, you know, looking for and what their um you know strengths are, but I mean like you almost had to stay away from everybody. And you just can't I mean certain pitching staffs obviously, you know, you have great starting pitching, you have great, you know, middle relief and you've got, you know, a couple closers, you got a close, you know, or maybe you've got a closer or a late inning guy who's, you know, setup guy. Like you just don't have many lineups like Florida does have. Like you're just not going to see where you've got every guy and you've got to be almost like worried, right? You've almost got to be like you, you have te- you have to be mindful of tendencies and stuff. I'm not saying that that's not a thing that that um that college coaches and certainly college players are mindful of when it comes to, you know, batters and that kind of thing. I understand that they, they're, 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 they under, they've, they've scouted these dudes, right? So they know the kind of stuff that it's, it, that, that if you throw it and you, and you throw it well and you place it well, that, you know, you're going to have some success. I'm just saying that like from a, from a, just an overall sort of just um, totality circumstance, right? Like Florida's lineup legitimately strikes fear in your heart. And it was only a matter of time until that, um, until the big dog had to eat. And they asked, I mean, they did what they were supposed to do. Um, so, I mean, look, you can't, you come up against a team that good 
you're you're not going to be worried. You know, you can't hang your head. But then again, we got to talk a little bit about the decision. Um, certainly, plenty of UVA fans out there thought uh, Oak did not handle that game and those decisions well. Uh, Dave, when you look back on it, how how would you change it? Would you? Um, or do you think that sort of you just had to let it play out and see um, see where things kind of uh, shook out? I mean, not not to be a, a homer, but I'm going to defer to the the, the goat. <laughs> Oak rebuilt this program and has gotten us there. Look, you know, I think a lot of Virginia fans, they watch occasionally, right? They didn't watch every game all year. Um, Oak knows these guys in and out. Yeah, you got to trust his decision. Now, great, even he would probably say, hey, I wish it didn't end that way. But um, that's what's so easy about, you know, analysis after a game. Like, I didn't want it to work out that way either, but I understood why he kept him. He and Ferber alluded to a lot of it. Um, yeah, they hit some yeah, – he made some mistake pitches, but they still hit him in a pressure situation. Um, and at some point, you got to trust your your guy is going to get through it, and then you're in a better spot because you haven't burned so many so many guys. But, look, I, I don't know. I don't think I would have done anything different. Um, I see exactly why he, why he did what he did, you know. Barry put a lot of innings, faced a lot of batters, had a better strikeout to a walk ratio than, you know, than many of the options that were coming out of the bullpen. He just had an off night. Um, unfortunately for Virginia, like both the last two times at Omaha, they've had, you know, deep balls at, late in the game to kind of cost them. Um, it just happens, you know, everything that went right for Virginia in 14 and 15 um, to get to the final and eventually win it just kind of went against them this time. And that's, not to cop out, but that's baseball, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's not a timed game. It, it, you got to get the guy out. And Florida, like Florida in a very pressure situation made, they they capitalized on every mistake Virginia made in that bottom of the ninth. So, you know. It didn't just like capitalize on a little bit. Like we're not talking no, about CNI singles here. I mean, they they didn't just step up and, and make a play, so to speak. I mean, they, they literally like left no doubt. Um, yeah. In ways that were, I mean, you look again. It, it's it's the college world. I mean, like this event is supposed to bring out the best teams, and Florida is clearly one of the best teams, if not you know the best, right? But to see a team kind of come up in those moments, and you know, you're kind of in a you know, like Tony Bennett all the time talked about, you know, make a team take a take a tough shot, right? Like making a team come through in the clutch is is what you're supposed to do. My God, did they come through? Now. I, I understand where you're coming from on not questioning Oak or, or, or at least siding with Oak. I mean, maybe not questioning is a little bit much. I will say that um, the fact that Oak came out after and was like he didn't have any regrets about sort of the way he handled that, to me, Ferber, that tells me that because like I feel like Oak is the kind of coach who, you know, if he thought he should have done it differently, he probably would say so, right? Um, all coaches on some level have, you know, a, a fair amount of ego. Right. And in those moments, not every coach is going to come out and say, oh, you know what? I should have done this differently. But I think Oak is one of those who, who probably would have. And so I think the fact that he didn't have any regrets tells me that he thought he was in, in, a, in a really impossible spot. And he did what he thought was really his only option, his best option. You know, Barry had, had been a guy who had taken him through um, more times than not. And they just had to sort of ride that thing as long as they could and it and it ultimately it wasn't necessarily him or even that decision it's just the floor is freaking good um do you what do you when you look back at those decisions um do you second guess them do you kind of have the 
kind of viewpoint Dave has on it, where it's like, hey, look, you know, he's Brian O'Connor. You know, you, you're you're going to trust his judgment, and you, and and you move on. What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that piece of it in terms of like he knows the team way better than me, so like he has more information than me. You know, and any of us that are watching at home, we don't know exactly what goes into all these decisions. There might be something that we don't know, right? Um, where it looks foolish, but really there's like more to the story. Um, but ultimately, like, I think if there's anything that I just, I wish I could have seen, you know, now, like differently, it would have been like after the Langford home run, maybe like when the bases are empty and when there's an out, make a change. The game's already tied. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Because, like, you know, he, he that's his third home run that he's given up in two innings. Like, he clearly doesn't have it at that point. Um, you're one more home run from losing. <laughs> um, and then what happened after that was not like, well, then they hit another one and the game ended. Ah, that's he, a good point. He gave up a single, and then he gave up a walk in four pitches, and then he hit a guy. And then he hit a kid, yeah. So it's like, all right, now you're putting – that's the hard part for me is that, like, he put Jay in, like, a really tough spot, I feel like. I mean, um, impossible. And, one and nobody's blaming Jay jammed. for losing or anything, yeah. so I don't think that. But, like, it's one of those things where it's like you're almost, like, guaranteeing that he's out there for a loss now. Like, it's over unless he gets a strikeout and then some sort of, like, easy out to get the inning over. And – you know, if, if if he thinks Barry gave them the best chance, like, so be it. You know, you kind of ride it out and hope for the best. But I think, like, giving up the home runs is is kind of like, all right, the damage is done. The bases are empty. There's an out. Maybe now we can give somebody a shot to just get us out of this. Um, and then once he gives up another single, that's when I'm like, all right, now we have to make a change. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, ultimately I think they were thin in the bullpen. That's something that we kind of knew, um, you know, you needed your starters to get you a lot. And to be honest with you, I think one of the more frustrating things about Omaha in general, um, and it's not a reflection of this team really, but you know, against Duke against ECU, this team was super aggressive and it paid off. Like they got out early in counts and hit the ball and, you know, did damage and it worked. Um, that same approach didn't really work as well against better pitching in Omaha. I feel like, um, you know, they were, they weren't working counts and they were just popping up and, you know, ground outs and quick outs and guys were getting out of innings on the other side, sort of unscathed a lot with less pitch count, you know, like getting through on nine pitches, 10 pitches. Whereas like the other teams were, and this makes sense. I mean, it's like, if you don't think other team has like a really good bullpen, make, take pitches, make their starters get to 75 pitches in four innings and then see what their bullpens got. And that's what TCU and Florida both did to UVA. And it worked for both teams. Right. So, um, I, I don't think that that's a reflect anything bad about this UVA team. It's just kind of like what they, what had worked for them in the regional and super regional just didn't quite work out in Omaha. I think when they got it up against some better pitchers and, um, and that's baseball. I think a lot of what happened in Omaha is just that's what baseball is, and it's a cruel game. I mean, you know, you, you look at, like, ECU, for example, like, good team. They, they're in the regional against UVA. They lose on Saturday night 2-1 to one in a game where the ball was really not moving out of the ballpark. The wind's blowing in hard. Um, a lot of balls hit to the outfield. 
if there's a regular win night, maybe they win, you know, who knows? And then they have the upper hand in the regional instead they go home and three, you know, they lose the next day and they're done. So it's like, that's baseball. Um, you know, TCU <laughs> had that game against Oral Roberts, even more so probably than UVA had their game against Florida because it was in the ninth. They blow it, and now UVA's got to play TCU instead of Oral Roberts in the elimination game. Um, all those things, you know, you're on a razor's edge. And all that we talked about how loaded Omaha was. Somebody had to lose, and and UVA just came up on the short end of the stick. I feel like this time. Yeah, because I mean, if you think about, I mean, your point about you know the one out. Uh, situation. I mean, it, you can get really deep in the weeds in in baseball because you can think about like, okay, well, you know, you could get as basic as like, should they have given the ball um, to Parker in the first place, right? Should they have shaken some things up, maybe put early in that mm-hmm. spot? There's a lot of like, play, there's so many different ways to to second guess in baseball, and especially because you know the nature of the way this thing ended. So I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to to make it out like people who are people who are asking questions or, you know, outright saying, you know, Oak did this wrong or whatever, or, or somehow like, um, not doing the right thing or, you know, I'm not like throwing any shade at them. I just think that there, it, it does strike me as kind of the perfect scenario. Um, when you have a team that ultimately like was not necessarily built or at least, uh, you know, in its current construction, they were not going to be able to, um, to make it all the way to the championship series and win the championship without smashing a lot of, of baseballs, right? Like they were going to have to put up some real like gaudy sort of numbers, kind of like what they did, you know, it, it, um, in the regional super regional, right? Like they were going to need to score a bunch of runs and that is not the way it unfolded. Um, and, you know, I'm reminded of the whole, you know, my, 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 my favorite Anthony Poindexter phrase, which is like, well, the, you know, those kids are here for a reason too, right? And like Florida might not, you know, you might not think of Florida's uh, pitching lineup as being um, especially stout or whatever, you know, same thing with TCU. But you know what they did? They did what they needed to do while the other parts of the operation took care of it, right? And like ultimately, like that's the thing UVA couldn't necessarily always rely on. Sure, the starting pitching was 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 very, very good. And there were certainly games where starting pitching did all that the Cavaliers need them to do. Um, but without a lot more run production, you know, and that was the other thing too, is to, to watch the heart of the lineup. You know, we talked about this a little bit in our text thread, like to watch the heart of the lineup struggle um, as much as uh, Geloff and, and Teal struggled. Um, that's probably the only, the real disappointing part for me because those two kids had such an incredible season um, to watch them not, you know, not really, you know, I think it's pretty obvious, right? They're pressing a little bit. Um, and that makes sense. I, you know, I get it. Um, but, but to see them sort of have the kind of games that they had not be able to be more productive at the plate. Um, I, I think that's the only, that's the only part of this whole thing is as hard as it was to watch some of these losses or both of them. I mean, um, in considering the sort of similarities and all that stuff, it's just, it's just hard to, to watch those kids go out that way because they had such, um, awesome seasons. But as you guys both have said at different times, that's, that's, that's baseball. That's Omaha. Right. Um, a lot of, a lot of good players go to Omaha with, uh, you know, dreams in their heart and they come home, you know, unfulfilled. And that's just, uh, the way it works sometimes. And, um, and even know, more teams don't get to Omaha. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. They would love to, they'd love to keep going back to Omaha. You know what I mean? Um, 
You guys got I'm anything else? In- I'm just more disappointed in the Jello shot performance, to be honest with you. All right. Can I just talk about this? I d- can I just tell <laughs> you the, the level of what I just don't care? Like, I keep so- I kept seeing this thing go by, and I'm like, why is this a thing? Like, who cares? Like, in the pantheon of things that matters, I just could not think of anything that mattered less to me. And then people, I saw a lot of people, on, like, really taking it personally. Like, how dare, you know, you let yeah. Wake Forest or Stanford. To, and I'm like, who cares? Like, they're overpriced jello shots. Like, congratulations for literally nothing. I, 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 I don't know, man. The whole thing is just, I don't know. I, I get that it's a tradition and all that stuff. But, I mean, like. People, I saw a bunch of people getting room bent out of shape, and I just like, I'm just. It's just like, something, yeah, to, something to work on for next time. Yeah, that's right. Let, make sure there are Donate lots of people that money who, to the collectives for love of God. <laughs> right? Yeah, send your Jello shot money to the collective so that they can, because yeah. um, I don't know if anybody's been paying attention to what Texas is about to do, but um, that that the the if the horse is still in the barn, it ain't being, it's not going to be there long. Um, all right. Any anything else from you guys on the baseball season before we wrap up? They're going to be good next year, I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I, Ferber wrote a nice uh, kind of look ahead piece kind of explaining like, you know. And I mean, hey, look, real quick. Uh, one thing on this team. Oak, pretty good in the portal. Pretty good Yeah, that's – I mean, they're going to need to go out and figure out pitching. Um, yeah, for sure. But I have, I have confidence that they're going to be attractive to pitchers, you know. Like, it's a situation where you can come in and start at a high – you know, for a good program at a ACC school – um, God, that sounds just familiar. Went to Omaha. Well, I mean, just went to Omaha. You know, like it's it's a good opportunity. Um, no, I'm and just saying. Like, I feel back. like we just said this about you know Tony Bennett and UVA basketball mm-hmm. not too long ago, right? Good program, da da da. ACC, you know, lots of opportunity. <laughs> you should be able to do good in the portal, right? Like, I feel like we literally yeah. just you know had that conversation and look what you know they did pretty well. Although I I, I say that if 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 people disagree with me, they'll be like, how dare you say these things? It was not. Sorry. Um, I would just say, like, with this team, you know, you mentioned Geloff and Teal kind of had a rough uh, weekend in Omaha, and that, you know, it is what it is. They were, they're the reason they were there. Oh, um, for, exactly. No, for sure. But, that's part but at the too. same time, it was good to see, like, all the other guys kind of did yeah. stuff. Like, yeah, I mean, everybody, I mean, and, and both of their losses, they kind of died hard. You know, they didn't, they didn't get blown out. <laughs> you know, they, they fought to the end. I mean, even the Florida game, they got an, uh, an insurance run in the ninth, right? I mean, they, they, uh, it didn't end up, you know, that insurance policy ended up, you know, getting canceled. But, um, you know, ultimately, they, they they had some guys down the lineup that made plays throughout the throughout the whole tournament. So, good things to look forward to for sure. For sure. All right, real quick before we wrap up, I just thought we'd have, you know, the boys will not be here next week. Um, I think I've got something fun lined up for you. Although the the potential. Uh, guest host um, who is probably listening to this. Um, no pressure, okay? So don't, don't be worried. Um, but this is, you know, the, the off season arrives in earnest. Um, you know, it's kind of been here in a lot of ways for a while, but this is, you know, officially, you know, summer, the solstice, all that fun stuff. Um, Hello, darkness, my old friend. Wow. Um, Territory. Yeah. The uh, the good news is, is that it won't be, uh, it won't be the off season what 73 days until you gotta you gotta love a baseball run to omaha man it just it kills three more weeks like you know it really does kind of stretch some things out for you you know makes it makes things a little bit uh less um off seasony Mm -hmm. um what's your what's your 
what's your favorite thing about the off season? That's what I want to know. Um, mm. Because it, it, we can all we can all lament all the things, you know. For Dave, it's like, oh, I need to get to the tailgates. You know, poor Dave is over there just dying for a tailgate. Yeah, it's I'm in summer summer mode, bro. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, I mean, luckily it's like the time of the year where there is stuff to do. You know, like if you're really into a sport like baseball that's played through the summer and like that's your thing, like the off season is probably pretty bleak because <laughs> it's like the cold winter months. Um, but, you know, there's plenty of other stuff going on in the summer. You know, we're taking our vacations. Brad's holding down the fort. Um, I, I like uh, I like when we start to roll around to the beginning of August, though, and you can kind of see football creeping up um, and then camp starts. And it's like, wow, this is really happening. You know, we're four weeks out now. Um, you start thinking about tailgate stuff, and, <laughs> you know, first weekend of the season, like what, what the team's going to look like and all that good stuff and weird uniform things that people were talking about um, and all that good stuff. But yeah, I kind of like the, the end of summer into the, it, as we turn towards fall is, is fun. And usually that feels like some of the most exciting podcast time we have is like getting ready for football and stuff like yeah. that and doing all of our terrible predictions and all that good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually yeah. Dave's and I, we're the ones who are terrible. You're usually pretty, uh, pretty close to the mark. I mean, um, honestly, for me, I think like the, the off season is really only until camp starts. Yeah. And I, then I, it's I, like, I and then we're like right back into it. And it feels yeah. like we're right in the season at that point. It kind of feels like to me, like when the grass starts to die, right. We get in those, in those like, you know, the the first you know couple weeks of August and you're like when we start having to like plan out like all right how many more shows do we have until yeah the preseason show it's that's when I start randomly thinking about football in like the shower or like I'm driving somewhere and like football just ran and like I'll randomly come up with some like kind of question in my head that I'm trying to answer about the team or about like some position group or something right it's like when the football sort of just seeps into like the normal everyday stuff, that's when I know it's close. Yeah. I mean, we really only have like from now until well, like four weeks until like media day. Yeah, pretty much. And then we can kind of start to talk about like predictions and like what people are saying about the team and different things. So, um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, enjoy the month while you got it, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A pro tip, you know, June, July and August are a good time to show your, your wife. Um, yeah. Don't spend every Saturday in front of the TV all day. You got to <laughs> bank that, uh, you got to bank that time, you know, you yeah. got to use that, uh, emotional investment now, you know, <laughs> it pays off later. Um, it does. Oh man. All right. I think that's a, uh, a good note to wrap up. Uh, you will, you will be able to catch Dave and Ferber on the podcast again. Very soon, but it won't be next week because they're uh, both leaving me high and dry. All right. If you're somebody out there who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. If you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that you get your shows. And if you're so inclined to give us a rating or review, we'd appreciate it. Now, if you haven't given us a look at the website yet, check us out at CavsCorner.com. I mentioned Ferber wrote a nice um, sort of look-ahead piece on the baseball team. Houston's got you know, hoops recruiting stuff. Um, 2025 kids started hearing um, from college coaches directly last Thursday. Um, this is travel ball season. Um, so there's lots going on on that front. So definitely give us a look at CavsCorner.com. I want to thank My Perfect Franchise for their support of the website and the show. You can visit MyPerfectFranchise.net for more information on how you can find freedom in your next venture and discover the perfect franchise for you. 
I want to thank all of you out there for supporting the show. And of course, I want to thank Dave and Ferber and graciously their time as always. I very much appreciate all they do. Uh, enjoy your vacations, fellas. And uh, we'll catch you on the flip. So for David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Frank, publisher of Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.